Darren Mitchell here. Welcome back to another brand new episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. Today, I had the absolute pleasure of speaking with Jackson Ernji, who was the CEO and founder of Ernji Media, a lead generation organization based on the Gold Coast. A man who has been a serial entrepreneur, uh, not his words, my words, since the age of 14, sold his first business at the age of 18, and in the years since has gone on to create some significant value in the marketplace and has learnt from some of the sharpest minds, not just in Australia, but also around the world. We talked today about ethical sales, and even though he's not in a sales role per se, even though he is a director of his own business, we talk about the importance of sales being the ultimate service and being a disservice if we didn't believe that we had a solution to deliver a potential customer. There is lots of gold in this particular episode. Uh, There will be a second follow-up episode uh, still to be booked in, but I'm very much looking forward to that second conversation. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. And uh, if you'd like to learn more about Jackson, what he's doing, and whether he might be able to help you in your particular business, then uh, there's obviously notes in the show notes, and there's also links in the show notes as well. So let's get into the interview. Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales leader looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. Welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here and a very, very warm welcome all the way from the Gold Coast. Coast. The Gold Coast. (laughs) Mr. Jackson Ernji, how are you, my friend? I'm I'm very good, mate. You you would know the reputation the Gold Coast has for very ethical salespeople. No boiler rooms around here. (laughs) Zero boiler rooms. In fact, I remember back in the day, mate, when I was up there, I think in my first or second year of marriage... We actually went up there and did the old uh, free breakfast or free lunch, and there was a bit of timeshare work in there. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> that was uh, talking about ethical styles. That was fantastic, but the the food was good and the climate was fantastic. Yeah, well, I mean it's um it's it's got its reputation for a reason. I, I think it's changed over the last maybe I'd say last since 2013 when there was a lot of shutdowns from ASIC for some of the really bad companies. Yeah. I mean, I was never involved with them, but uh, I definitely knew people who were, and uh, yeah. I, I've I've all heard the stories of uh, the, the the sales floors getting shut down. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not going to talk about dodgy sales, although who knows what sort of topics we'll get into because we were talking about some ethical and maybe some. Uh, let's just say less than ethical salespeople just before we press record. And there was some yeah. uh, dialogue there, but we, we'll see. Are we allowed to say names? <laughs> well, we can because they're probably, uh, well, who knows? They might end up listening, but there might be a, a, a lawsuit. Are they not listening to Orange? Well, they could be. They could we don't be. know. Well, hopefully the ethical one is. I'm not so, so concerned about the unethical person, <laughs> but yeah. we'll see. So, yeah. mate, you are the founder and CEO of uh, Ernji Media. And uh, you have a very interesting entrepreneurial background, which I'd love to delve into. And as we talked about before we press record, this this podcast goes out to lots and lots of sales leaders, aspiring sales leaders. Mm-hmm. I love what you talked earlier about the fact that um, you're all about ethical sales and and doing everything in, in an ethical way, which is, you know, it sounds all really clean and nice, doesn't it? But at the end what of the day- What does that mean? Where, what does <laughs> what it does mean? What does that really so, mean? 
Yeah, because one of the things I've um I've been really big on in my career is is servant leadership, but also thinking about sales as being the ultimate form of service, mm. and essentially problem solving. So it's not about retrofitting a product and hoping that you can get everybody that's that's living and breathing to buy it. Um, mm. It'll be a natural consequence of you being a good problem solver. So love to delve into that, and also love to explore what you've been doing and what you're doing now, and and uh, we'll see where it goes, mate. Mate, I appreciate it, um, and uh, thank you for having me on. I, uh, I definitely think, as you, as you mentioned, that there is it's um, I've my one of my biggest mentors has always said to me, you know, the biggest disservice you can do to someone is have an inability to sell them. Um, mm-hmm. There's a guy named Ryan Tuckwood who 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 told me that, and he's been my my sort of sales mentor for for years now, and um, I, he's always sold it me in this way where it's like if you don't have the ability to close someone on that you genuinely know your product is going to help them in yeah. some way you are disservicing them. You are doing them a disbenefit if you don't have the ability. And that's where it's like, you've got to have that ability to get someone over the line. Um, mm. And, uh, uh, you know, we, I've been explaining to you, we're, we're a lead generation agency. So we help businesses generate leads and that only gets you so far. I can get you calendar appointments. I can get you leads in the door that are interested. If you don't have the ability to get them over that line and get the cash in the cash in the cow, yeah. you you are doing yourself and, and that client a disservice. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's, it seems like we're very, well, I can't say cut from the same cloth because I could never grow a moustache as nice as yours, my friend. <laughs> Mate, I honestly, it, this lighting is doing it justice. I actually don't have one. I actually, it's, I shaved it down to level one razor this morning. Okay. So um, I'm, I don't know, I'm going to have to pay the videographers a bonus this month because they're making my facial hair make me look like a man. I don't know what it is. <laughs> So for those of you looking at this on YouTube, you know exactly what Jackson's talking about. So it's um very, very, uh, very, very nice looking mustache. <laughs> I'll get the tape measure out. I'll show you. It's not very long. <laughs> it's cold today. That's <laughs> uh, fantastic. Oh, cold in the Gold Coast. Are you kidding? No, I'm, I'm taking the aircons on. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting what you talk about there in terms of a disservice because um, I tend to come from exactly the same perspective that mm. it is the ultimate form of service. So if you do have... A, a service or a solution to a problem that you can articulate. And if you can articulate that better than the customer can, mm-hmm. they should have an attribution for you to have a solution for that. And you'd be doing them a disservice, as you say, not to at least share that with them and give them an opportunity. Um, so we're on the same page. We are on the same page. I yeah. like it. So I think as you say is- that, like just before you ask that, whatever your question yeah. is going to be, I, I see it all was. too often with our clients, like um, that they don't, they just don't have that, that grunt to want to convert. And then we, we work with a lot of bigger businesses as well. So, you know, even the salespeople don't understand the importance of making sales on a high rate, but yeah. you know, I, I've got an example for you, a guy I've just sold on to sort of like a six week. Uh, I'm just going to help him out with his sales for six weeks. Cause he's, he's got one sales guy working for him. And I asked the salesperson, we've generated 45 leads for them in the last sort of three days, yeah. um, calendar bookings. They are, Um, and I said to the salesperson on our sort of weekly review call for his leads. And I said, you know, how many times have you asked for the business on your last 45 calls? And he said, oh, I said, he's like, what do you mean? And I went, how many times have you said, have you seen enough today to pull your credit card out and take action to, to, to move forward with this? And he's like, oh, not once. And I said, there's no wonder you haven't made a single sale, mate. Mm. Um, and, and that's the biggest thing is that people think they're doing a really, really good thing by, by pushing the can down the road saying, let's book another chat. 
But if you don't even attempt to ask for their business after you've spent the time to explain your product or service, I mean, you're doing yourself, um, you're failing yourself. Like it's, it's terrible. Oh, it is. And you, you're so right. There are so many salespeople out there, whether it be in SMEs or in corporate, like my background is corporate sales, oh. that people don't, for whatever reason, ask that direct question. And maybe it's out of fear of, you know what, I don't want to be sold to, so I'm not going to want to sell to somebody else. So if I ask the question, and what if they say no? My question on that, though, is what if they do say no? What's the response? No, I haven't seen enough. Yes. Your response will be, what more do you need to say? Yes. That's that's your two ways. There's there's literally no way they're going to go, no, I haven't seen enough, and they're going to hang up. Like. I've done it on and literally and I did it this morning on nearly 45 seconds into the call. I said, look, you have just said exactly what I do as a service and I do it 20 to 30 times a month for our clients. If I was to show you a few more things, would you be taking action today? Yeah. And he went, yeah. Like there's your first soft close 45 seconds into the call mm-hmm. and he's gone through booked in tomorrow for payments. Like, yep. you know, so you, you've got to just try it early on because then, you know, if you're talking to a tie kicker or someone who's actually going to move, do business. And the other thing with that is people want to, even though they might say they don't want to be sold, people want to be led. And so yep. they want to know what the next step is and what they're yep. asking for. And particularly people who are educated a lot of them are going to play the game and they're going to wait for you to ask them, are you going to ask me to buy? Because yeah. I don't I don't want to be sold to, but I want to do the buying. So what's yeah. the invitation? And yeah. you've got a salesperson so right. to do that. You'll never you'll have as as Ziegler, Ziegler said, if you if you're not a good salesperson, you're gonna have really skinny kids. Yeah, <laughs> I like that one. I am I it's funny enough, I never actually got really into Zig Ziglar. Maybe it's an age thing. He's he's definitely earlier than my time, but you know, I um he's not been one of those coaches that I've watched back or read many of his books on on things. So um I've heard a few of his one-liners, you know, a lot of sales coaches do use his stuff, but uh it's it's a good one. Yeah, he is he is very old school, but um my belief is a lot of the tried and trusted tried and tested principles. Um, adjust that they're tried and tested and they're they still they still work because they're fundamental they're the fundamentals they're gonna work oh yeah we're That's dropping right. in and out the reception's going that, that was just a little bit of dodgy internet coming from the gold coast must have been <laughs> dodgy internet provider you've got most. too many people are on the phone out there <laughs> so we're using voice systems <laughs> um Lisa, it's uh, better you could have been using uh, dial-up like we were in the old days <laughs> No, mate, I, I remember my first job. I had a, a printout list that went down the sheet, uh, a phone number and their name, and that was it. <laughs> nice, nice. So before we, before we jump into um, some more awesome stuff around sales, just for the listeners, give us a little bit of background on Jackson. Um, I know a little bit about about you in terms of you're a, what do we call a serial intra- entrepreneur. You've done a lot of, lot of things with a lot of people, but started pretty young. Um, love to know <laughs> what it was that sort of led you to open um, this particular media agency. And yeah, um, yeah so what's what's the Reader's sure, Digest story? I mean, if there's any business owners out there listening to this, uh, I mean, you, you, we all know the stigma around agencies. Scams, they don't get results. You know, it's, a, it's one of those industries you don't want to touch nearly as much as a trusting a, a car salesman. Um, you know, I, I feel that, and, and I felt it for the last 10 years because I've my, I've started my first business. I was reviewing it with my partner the other day. I said, I started my first business nearly 12 years ago. And, uh, 
you know, going back then, I've always said I hate agencies. I think they're the biggest scam on the planet. People go and do one marketing course, one one sort of course, and then they go, I'm going to start an agency and do it for people. Yeah. You go, how dare you? How dare you not know how to master your craft and then go and charge someone for that? Yeah. That's a race if you ask me. Um, you know, there's, there's people that start up and there, there's people that are trying to learn, but you've really got to, to prove to yourself that you know what you're doing. You can get results before you start using someone else's hard-earned money, someone yeah. else's hard work to, uh, to get you there and um, you know, that that's that's my my first part of starting this agency. And and that's a big reason why we've been successful is because I do have that still belief that agencies are a scam and I don't trust them. But in saying that, guys, I run an agency called NG Media. Um, we specialize <laughs> in lead generation. And you um, can trust me. <laughs> and, and and contact me. I'll, I'll give you a good price now. Um, look, it, um, and that's what this business, it held me off from starting this business for so long. So, so running back, I'll start go backwards. Um, right now I, I run NG Media. We're a lead generation business and that's all we specialize in. We don't step out of our field and all we help you do is generate interest and then convert that into a sale. So I'm not a sales coach. So funny enough that we're on here. I do get told quite often that, that I do have a pretty good ability of, of selling. Um, and that's because I went back and I, I actually, before I started the agency, it's always been something I wanted to eventually start. Um, yeah. I, I worked in marketing for, for three and a half years, worked my way up to a marketing manager's role. And then before I started this, I was a marketing director. So, you know, I got up to pretty much as high as you can in a, in the marketing world um, before I felt the confidence that I knew what I was doing to start this business. So something you don't see very often. Um, and I was working for a big part of that for a sales coach and a sales training organization. So a lot of what I've learned in sales, I initially started there as a videographer. Um, and so I filmed and edited hours and hours and hours, 40 hours a week, I was sitting there listening to sales training. And I will tell you what it rubs off. Um, so three years of just nonstop all day long, listening to sales training. Um, it rubs off and, and you do remember little pieces. And then when you're on a sales call, you go, I'm going to use that line that that sales coach told said use and, and it works. Um, so, um, that was my, my journey coming into the agency. Um, my very first business, um, ironically enough, 12 years ago, I started a lead generation business. Um, I was doing call forwarding through to cleaning businesses. Yeah. When I was in year eight in high school. So um, I would build a, a Google ads campaign and then I built a software that basically when an inbound call came in, it would forward that call to the client and then it would uh, record the call and charge them $50 inside of the, the system. Um, and so I coded that up. I learned how to code from a YouTube video, um, weirdly enough. Wow. Um, and uh, that's how I've sort of learned how to, to build my businesses as well. It's just absorbing as much information. And I always believe if I can read four to five books or watch about a hundred hours of content on something, you're pretty much an expert in, in understanding that that topic enough for you to at least attempt it yourself and try it. Um, and so that's pretty much how I got into that. Um, I did lead generation for around oh, two and a half years through that system. Um, I made some some good money. I started doing my first cold calls. I'd call up um, I'd call up cleaning businesses and say, hey, I've got I said I was a local cleaning business and I've got some jobs here that I'd already booked in. So I'd go and book a bond cleaning job, which is like an end of lease sort of clean, um, 600 to 800 bucks. And then I would forward it out to another company and I'd say, can you do this one? I just don't have the, the cleaners to do it at the moment. And they'd say, no worries. And I'd say, you're right. If I take $150 chipping on it to pay for my costs. Um, and then that's how I got them in. And then I said, do you want more jobs like this? And they were like, yeah. So I had a real value driven sale. 
Um, and then that sort of led in and I would go, do you want to upload five grand worth of credit for the first month? And we'll drive some deals straight through to you. We charged $50 a call. Otherwise it was pretty much, we charged about 250 a booking. Mm -hmm. um, so whenever we, we got a booking for you, we just charged you that as a flat fee on top. Um, and then about two and a half years of running that, I went, you know what? I'm going to go start a cleaning business. Don't know start why. a cleaning business. Yeah, and uh, ambitious, mate, ambitious. I had a good thing going and um, I thought if I could also do the cleaning, I would be able to make more money. Um, I was very money driven. Um, and so I was in about year 10, coming in from year 10 to 11 in high school. And I went, you know what, I'm going to start a cleaning business. Um, just got my my license. Um, so I went, it's a perfect time. So I uh, I just started moving some of those leads across to myself. I started booking them in. And then I just hired a few people to go out and do some cleaning. Um, and that's literally how the business started. About six months into doing that, I went and got some big contracts on the Gold Coast, um, places called Ephraim Island. Um, we did a few things for the Hilton, a few things in the, in the CBD. Um, um, and we sort of started doing residential buildings. Um, and within about 18 months, we had about 35 staff working full time. Um, and then COVID sort of started to to hit. And about a month before COVID hit, I sold the business. So um, it was perfect time. timing to get out of it. Yeah. So that's that's the very fast rundown on, on my life. Um, from there, I went and toured around Australia with a guy named Jordan Belfort, um, which was referenced before our very ethical. No, that was the unethical one, wasn't it? Uh, that was our unethical salesperson. Um, you know, that that taught me a lot as well. I got to tour around him while he was doing some stage talks in Australia. Um, and that sort of got me into my marketing role and which brings us three years, four years later to where I'm sitting today. Nice. So for most people at your age, they would have been maybe going through uni, just coming out of uni and just starting their career. To start a business in your like year eight and to be coding stuff, it's yeah. uh, it's unheard of, mate. <laughs> it's freakish. <laughs> Um, mate, uh, it's, it comes from ambition. My mum was a single mother. And um, so, you know, seeing her work three jobs to support uh, the family, that was one of those things that you kind of go, you have to, you have to have a certain amount of drive to want to, to get yourself out of the, the deep hole. And I've yeah. always believed that, that, you know, I always say to myself now, like if, if we're ever short on cash or wherever the business is behind, pick up the phone and start making some dials. Like, yeah. like genuinely, that's the fastest way to get out of a hole. And um, so it's always been a very driven thing for me to basically just keep yourself, keep the business moving forward. You know, that's yeah. the fastest way to, to generate wealth. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. it's a fabulous story and uh, there's so much we could delve into. We, I do want to talk about ethical sales because you have worked for, uh, well, two. The number one ethical salesperson in the world is what he calls himself. Yeah. Yes, I absolutely. And yeah. Probably the, the 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 actual demonstration of behaviour was slightly on the opposite. Oh, side. we're talking about a different person here. I'm talking about Ryan. I'm oh, Ryan. Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's. I thought you were talking, talking about Jordan. No, 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 no. Yeah, now Jordan <laughs> is not not the ethical salesperson. I believe. I mean, he's he's a good guy, mate. But um, I think he's got a very good ability to sell. I've done his courses and stuff. But um, you know, I think there's a there's a different way. And you mentioned it at the start. People don't want to be sold to. They want to be assisted to buy. People yeah. like buying. You go around a stage talk, like, you know, one of my mentors did this on stage. There's about a thousand people in the room. And he said, everyone raise your hand if you like being sold to. Like two people put their hand up sheepishly. And then yeah. everyone else goes, he goes, who likes to buy? And every other person put their hand up and said, yeah, of course. Yeah. And that's where it stems from, right? You know, salespeople need to assist you in 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 buying. And we're, we're, we're buying assistance, not salespeople, you know? Yeah, absolutely. 
And yeah. and ultimately what we want is we want a solution to a problem that we either know we have or perhaps we don't quite know we have, but it becomes evident once we talk to somebody who actually can articulate what that problem actually is. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So if looking back on your on your entrepreneurial career, is there is there a couple of key lessons that you look back on as not so much the catalyst for what you do now, but some things you really hold on to because you've mentioned a couple of times that you think that um, or your your perception of agencies was, oh, they're, they're scammy, unethical and that sort of stuff. Um, is there anything that's come out of your experience up until now that's really held you in good stead to be like the foundation or the, or the rock solid um, uh, value for you moving forward and everything you do? Yeah. I mean, mate, it's, um, it's, a, it's a great question. I mean, uh, one of the big things that stands out is is I I regret the journey I took to to move out of the consistency route. You know, consistency is how we breed freedom, and it's how we 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 become someone in the industry. Um, and the fact that the first business I did was Legion, it's exactly what I do today in a slightly different model. Um, yeah. It's a much more efficient model these days, to be fair. Um, but I learned a lot over the, the the in between eight or nine years in between that. Um, but I, I do wish I kept consistency. That's one of the biggest regrets I've got. I mean, I probably wouldn't be in the position I'm in today if I if I didn't go on that big hiatus and journey. Yeah. Um, and then one of the other things I, I think is that, you know, I think being a student, you've always got to stay a student in, in the world. Like I, I sit with people all the time and they 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 want to just tell me how it's done when they, they came on a call and they're asking for help and then they tell me how it is. And I go, okay. And it's the same thing with me. You've got to not be arrogant. You've got to be a student to the world. Like you've always got to be trying to learn new things. So there's probably my two big things. Um, I love that consistency in particular, because with, um, with sales and with, um, do you need some more cup of tea? I know I just ran out. I've, <laughs> I've, uh, I've had a, had a, a Friday was a bad day for me. I was on about nine hours of Zoom calls. So my throat went and uh, wow. you know how when your throat goes, it's about four days later, you get a cold and yeah. um, I'm coming out of it. So my throat, I can actually talk again. So <laughs> you're lucky. <laughs> That's right, mate. I was, talking to a, I was talking to a client last night and um, yeah, she, she'd lost her voice for, for seven days. So <laughs> talking to her then. Um, what I was saying is consistency is is king, and a lot of a lot of salespeople and a lot of sales leaders always focus on the next shiny thing. And when I talk to them about consistency and how consistency might sound, uh, what unsexy, it's not charismatic. Right, yeah. It's but it compounds, and yeah. it's and it's not so much the grunt work, but you might have to go through some things to build a level of competence that over mm. time will start to compound. Um, and consistency is is king, absolutely king. Yeah. And you'll notice right. in the lead generation work you do, and certainly you know people listening to this now. If, if you're looking for ways to improve your conversion rates, you've got to be you've got to be looking at what works, but yeah. also be consistent with that and give it time. Yeah. Well, I mean, even on that, like you go down to your simplest form as a salesperson, whether you sell real estate or you sell you know course packages, you know whatever it is. Um, it, what what are people do when they start to know that's what you do. Like if I know, mate, that you're the best real estate agent, mm. you're not going to be that if you've only been doing it for six months. Yeah. But if you've been doing it for 12 years, 
when I need to sell my house, I'm going to come to you because I trust you. And I know that you've been doing it for such a long time. And this consistency isn't just, you know, um, something that we get in a year. It's, it's one of those things that you've got to be doing it for people to know that that's what you do. Um, so that when they do need your service, they trust you enough to come to you. If you've started 12 businesses since they last spoke to you, they're not going to come back to you because they're going to go, this guy's not going to be doing this in three weeks. No. He's like, and I'm not going to spend money with someone who's not going to be doing it in three weeks because I can't trust them. And that's probably my biggest thing. You know, do you know why I started another business? Because I had shiny object syndrome. I was going to say, I'm here in shiny objects. Yeah. <laughs> shiny <mate>. syndrome. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it is like it's shiny object syndrome and you go, I can make more money if I go do that. And then you realize there's, there's own complications in that. When I ran the lead generation, I could get myself a tidy three, four grand a week in, 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 take home and I was working by myself I had no employees and it was consistent um and and that's where when I started the cleaning business how about how would it feel for you if you had 12 people call in sick multiple times a week like yeah you go that's a fucking headache like that's that that's the journey that I took so I could make more money was working about 10 times as hard and I ended up making less money yeah and you go so that that journey there is important that you understand that shiny object syndrome, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. No. Yeah, no. Um, no. So that's important to know. That's um, <laughs> people calling in sick. <clears throat> it, mate, it's a headache. Staff are headaches. Um, you know, uh, it's it's it it is a big thing, and you know, sales managers out there, you, you know what it's like. You, you know, the the hassle of having people call in sick, not get performance, et cetera. Like you've got to make sure that you're able to to have a business that consistently run yeah. um, without variables. I don't like variables in business because variables are, are chances to fail. So even though you are self-confessed shiny things syndrome sort of magnet, shiny you, also, syndrome. you also want certainty in everything you do. <laughs> well, mate, it's it's something that I've learned, you know, um, and I'll tell you exactly who I've learned it off of is is, and I'm going to mention him throughout this podcast a lot. And I'm a guy named Ryan Tuckwood. Yeah, runs a company called Swiss Sales Coaching, and and what he did for me is he showed me over three years. He used to say no to me when I'd bring him new ideas, mate. Oh, we should do this with our marketing. Yeah, no, keep consistent, keep consistent. I used to say to him, you should start doing marketing. So many people trust what we what you do. You should do marketing. No, I'm a sales coach. Uh, that, that's what he used to say. So yeah. now when I do it, I, I'm not a sales coach. I'm not a, a marketer. I'm a lead generation specialist and that's all I do. Um, yeah. If you want something else, I can refer you to someone I trust. Yeah. Um, and that that's it, man. Like, and, and one of our big principles is clear, clean, and consistent. Your brand has to be clear, clean, and consistent to grow. Um, and that's, if you don't have those three things happening in every area of your business, you are failing. If it's the morning meetings that you're not consistent with, and they're not clear as to the outcome of that meeting. You're failing. If your social posts aren't clear and clean and consistent to your brand's messaging and what you're asking of people, you're failing. If you're on a sales call and you're not being clear on the product and service, clean in the way you deliver it and consistent, you know, then you're failing. If I give you a price and then I jump on with someone else and give a different price, that's not consistency. Yeah. If they yeah. go and talk, one of them's going to be pissed off that he paid more than the other. That's it. For the same price. 
Yeah. You know, if an offer ends yesterday, I'm not going to give you that offer again today. Mm. That's consistency and that's called ethics. Um, yeah. So there's some strong beliefs that now are just religious in my my day-to-day operation. And um, I really only have one person to thank for that um, because it stopped me from being shiny, shiny object syndrome. Kaiser. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a real tongue twister. Let's not say that word again. <laughs> well, say that really quickly. Say that really quickly and you've mouthful of Five times. Certainly coming off a cold and, and uh a, a, a hurt voice that's that's yeah, not easy my cup of tea's gone so my throat's going dry <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's really interesting it's um and there's a there's a clear message there and that there's a lot of companies but also a lot of um, small businesses who are always looking for the next shiny thing they're looking for the next opportunity to be different in the marketplace or the new niche to go and try to attack thinking that and they'll see a they'll see a Facebook ad or they'll see some shiny thing on social media that they wow that's that's something new I'll go and explore that. Right. And they go off on a tangent. And if they had just stayed the course, then they will probably get to the outcome a lot quicker and probably end up getting a lot better result. Um one of my mentors, um a guy called Taki Moore talks about the fact that yeah. um you you stay with one method, one approach, consistently for one year, right? Yeah, and and that that is along the lines of what you're talking about. Be clear, be consistent, and be clean. When that right. happens, you actually start to get results. But you also have to know, and particularly this is really important for sales as well, which you no doubt know, is it's not going to be. There's no such thing as an overnight success, right? No, there's, no, there is. That's 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 everyone, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you look at Instagram, that's absolutely correct, right? So just look at my shiny car, which I yeah. happen to Photoshop in the background. It's <laughs> not necessarily the real world. Um, but I reckon, and I'd be interested in your in your take on this, given that you work with a lot of businesses around specifically lead generation now. How mm. much of this is patience and staying the course versus how many companies and i know part of this might be through the qualification process that you choose to bring on certain organizations that will be a fit to your i guess your value system and stuff like that yeah there's so many companies out there and so many people out there that are looking for well if i'm not getting short-term results in the next 30 days what's my what's my return my return on investment jackson can you give me a guarantee that i'm going to get this return in the next number of days versus the ones that are playing the long game? Because I know the answer to this, but I'd like to hear it from yeah. somebody in the industry in terms of you know what the Look, I'll, I'll make it simple for you. If someone says to me, what's my guarantee that these leads are going to turn into deals it, like in the next 30 days? I turn around and I go, mate, the fact that as a salesperson you're asking me that question shows me how unprepared you are for handling these leads because I can give you someone on a silver platter and if you yeah. have the inability to sell them, they're never going to buy. Like, like that. That's the first thing I say. So, um, you, I, 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 I've jumped on sales calls that aren't very good, and I, I fuck up the first ten minutes of the call, first five seconds of the call, and and you still turn them around because you go back to those fundamentals on the sales call. And yeah. I can have really, really hot leads and fuck them up because I, I come at them with the wrong approach. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't use the fundamentals and i think because they're a warmer lead i just approach them and go sweet let's do business and maybe they were more a reserved personality type and they need that time to think and i've come in going you're ready to go let's buy and i've burnt it right it happens but we have to take every sales call no matter if it's a cold as hell lead or a super warm lead we need to take the assessment and gauge okay you know where are they in the sales cycle you've got to be strategic in the way you ask those questions um 
and that's the the fastest thing now if you were to say to me let's launch a campaign and um and 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 will we get results in 30 days well my next question will be what industry are you in hmm. are you a, are you a, a re- realtor well mate i don't know how you're going to get a lead in tomorrow and have the settlement in 30 days and money in the bank like that's at least 90 days six months on most case scenarios so um in an industry like what i'm in which is the agency you're right. If I, if I get a, a calendar booking in and we've got a campaign running at the moment that we get around five to six calendar bookings a day um, and we in total spend about $75. So it's a very, very good lead gen campaign. We're sort of looking like between seven and $12 a, a calendar booking and we get about a 95% show up rate to those calendar appointments. So, you know, as a lead generation agency, I go, well, that's a fantastic effort, right? It is. Um, but, you know, I jump on those sales calls and, and I will try and push the people who are i don't really want to work with you because you fall out of my normal service area i'll push you harder to try and get you in so that i don't waste as much time in the in the elongation because i know if i if i burn you i'm like well i didn't really want to work with you that much anyway um but the ones i really do want to work with yeah i spend the time and vet them and i make sure but at the end of the day i'm not going to drag on another phone call or another zoom if you're ready to go right now and i can sense that I will ask you the the question and I'll give you the opportunity to raise your hand and say, yeah, let, let's go for it. Yeah. Um, and I really need to make that a, a, a strategic, hey, I'll raise my hand, <laughs> right? So, I mean, that's, I don't know if that answers your question, but it, it it is different for every single person I speak to. Yeah. And and you mentioned it earlier because you, you mentioned a guy that, um you know, you're booking in for a payment and a, a progress tomorrow. Obviously, there are some that, depending on their, I guess, their buying style and where they sit in their purchasing cycle, mm. they may not be ready to go immediately, but they do need um, time to contemplate, get some finance together, um, make some key decisions, rearrange some things, but they're committed to making taking it action, taking action. I don't have a cheap product as well. Like our onboards are typically between ten and $35,000. So like... You know, I speak to people all the time and I was on a Zoom just uh, Monday and I can even bring up my calendar and show you. And we got to the end of the Zoom and the guy said to me, can I check some of your Google reviews? And I said to him, mate, I don't have any. And I said, but if I don't have bad reviews, that's probably a good sign since though how long I've been in the industry because I don't, I'm not really in, I don't check Google reviews myself. It's not something that's important. He goes, oh, fair enough. And I said, so what, what else do you want to know before we move forward? And he said, oh, look, send it to me in an email. He said, send me the proposal, everything in an email, send me the invoice and I'll sort it out in a day or so. And yeah. I said, mate, I'm too busy to send that kind of stuff. It'll take me 45 minutes to, to put that together. I said, and it's going to take you 15 minutes to read through everything. I yeah. said, if you're serious about this, let, let's let's just put the invoice together now. Let's sort it out. I'll have my team get the work done seven days. It'll be turned around. And you know what he did? He went, yeah, okay. fair enough. Let's do it. So I sat there and it was like 4.30, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. The, the admin team had gone home and I went, oh, fuck, I've got to put an invoice together now. So I logged <laughs> in I and I went, I've not done this for about six months. <laughs> so I'm logging in. And I, I forgot to put his email in. Oh, have you got it yet? I look like a joke. But, um, you know, the, the principle there is, you know, he was a buyer and yes, he was putting, he was playing his part of the game, right? It is up to him to, to put his defense up and try and see if you're good enough to get through that objection. Send it to me an email. Okay, no worries. What would you like in that email? Okay, fantastic. Look, apart from the fact you want me to send you an email, is there anything else that's going to hold you back from from putting me in action today? Take an action day. And, you know, if you're not asking and trialing those things, you know, you're you're doing yourself a massive disservice. Um, 
So yeah, that's my two cents. <laughs> and a lot of and a lot of people will stop at that. They'll say, yeah, no, as I'll send an email, they'll walk away and think, oh, I've got that, and then nothing happens. Done. Oh, pay me my commission early, mate. <laughs> yeah, we hear it all the time. Give me some more. Give me some more. So I love to uh, I love to touch on Jackson. The um, you've spent a bit of time obviously with Brian. Is is he's a mentor of yours, and and you've obviously learned a lot from him. Certainly doing a lot of the videography for him and going through and editing a lot of the sales coaching and stuff and all the all the content. But you've also spent some time with Jordan Belfort. So I want to I want to and this is not a case of the good guy bad guy, but yeah. I'd love to know your insights in working with uh, two, let's just say, top of the top of the industry. Polar opposites. Yeah. It's North Pole, but, South Pole kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah, but still have their own followers, right? And and yeah. we believe, you know, a lot of what they what they talk about. And I'm not here to say that Jordan's dodgy and, and Ryan's not or vice versa, right? But from an ethical selling point of view, because this has implications oh. for we do on a daily basis, right? So whether it's a lead generation agency, whether it's somebody like me who, you know, works in corporate, does sales coaching, mentoring and stuff like that, um, mm. it's all about ethics, right? And right. some key, I'd love to delve into some key lessons that you've you've learned um, either from the good stuff, but also from some of the bad stuff that you've seen yeah. that you've now applied that has enabled you to make what is now a really stable, successful business for you i mean in saying that i don't i don't speak badly about jordan belford he's someone who's very closely in my network um you know he's not an unethical salesperson i think you know he has that reputation from a very well done blockbuster movie and spending some time in prison but you know you're living that's 30 40 years ago you know people can change they make mistakes but at the end of the day it wasn't him that was doing the wrong thing he he ran a he he ran a company that had hundreds of employees all doing the wrong thing, yeah. you know. So uh, if you put my two cents in it, if you do his programs, he's going to teach you some fantastic fundamentals around sales. Like at the end of the day, he's a great salesperson, and if you go see him on stage, he's a freaking awesome experience to to be around. Um, backstage, you know, he, he he sometimes doesn't have that same sort of connection with you, but that's all right. I, I'm a nobody. Um, I was back then at least. Um, you know, Ryan, Ryan on the on the polar opposite side of it is someone that has been, without sounding this weird, he's been someone who's very close to me that my sort of business world has revolved around as a mentorship. So, um, I, I took on and I hope he he sees this because uh, I'm talking him up massively here, but. Um, he is someone that is taught me a lot of what I know in the communication side and, and, and making sure that you are ethical. One of his biggest lines for me and the biggest learning I have is you don't make a sale until they buy twice. Yeah. Like, like you do not make a sale until you buy twice. And it's something I've even considered around the office here is making it so that the salespeople don't get paid their commission until that the person's paid twice. Because we do have a month to month thing. And like, it's the fastest way that if you've been oversold, you're not going to buy twice again, are you? So, um, and in saying that, it, it's one of those things that my business world revolves around around Ryan and and the the network he has. Like, I was working with him around two and a half years ago, and he yep. had twenty people sitting at his three day boot camp. I just recently um, went down probably three or four months ago and had beers with him on the Friday after the boot camp, and he had like three hundred people there. 
And you go, you know, that is consistency. A few years later, he's running some massive events. I think, I don't know how much I can turn it, talk out of turn here, but he's got a, a sales event happening. I don't know if it's in Sydney, Melbourne, or if it's on the Gold Coast, I can't remember. Um, it's it's a thousand people happening this year. So, you know, to go from those numbers so quickly and people come out of that with their lives changed. Um, yeah. So it, what I've learned from him is that everything that I implement on a day-to-day basis in the business is is exactly what 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 he's taught me. No sale is, is made until buying twice. That that kind of adds a little bit more flavor to what I normally say is that the sale doesn't actually start until after the sale is made. It's another thing he's actually told me too. Who said that? I did. Who said that? that... Maybe he's listening to me. No, <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. I got it right. from somewhere. You're dead right. Like, um, I mean, I've heard that around and it's so true. Like how often do you make a sale, ring the bell and then walk over and go, he's done and dusted. Like, yeah. like, come on. Like I had a client, um, a client make a sale just this week and, and he texted me later that night. I got back to him the next day. Um, and I'm still talking to him. He, he called me and said, oh, oh, I had a few more questions. He was a bit unsure. And you go, mate, I, look, before we go any for, for any, before we go any more forward, Let's jump back on a Zoom and really make sure that this is right for you. He had yeah. that real uncertainty about him and and I didn't push him very hard in the sale and, yeah. you know, that that happens. And I jumped back on a call and I said, mate, look, if this is something you're still uncertain on, let's put a three or four day hold on it and let's make sure you come back to me until the money's are in the tin, right? I yeah. could just turn around and be like, mate, you've paid for it. We're delivering this service. We're done. No, I came back and said, mate, I really want to make sure before we do any more that this is right for you. And he yeah. came back to me and he said, yeah, no, this is right. That's that's my confirmation. Um, and there's those little things that you have to make sure of every single time you make a sale that you haven't done them, you haven't manipulated them in because sales is manipulation. If you have the ability to sell, you're manipulating every single person you speak to in yeah. some way or another. Um, if it's positive or negative, you know, manipulation has this bad term to it. I don't yeah. think it's a bad term. I think it's, if you do manipulate someone for a positive reason, I mean, we do it every day. We do it with our kids, you yeah. know, your kids need to have a shower every day. So what do we say? I'll, I'll give you an ice cream. If you go have a shower, <laughs> you're a terrible person for manipulating your kids, mate, but we do it every single day. And it's a positive reason we're doing that. Right. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, you're so true. It's so so true. So, um, what about some of the what about some of the experience you've had that perhaps have taught you where not to go? That you sort of said, well, you know what, this is a really valuable lesson, um, and I'm going to vow and declare never to do that, um, and and therefore establish some boundaries. Because I hear I hear sales leaders all the time. Um, say things like, you know what, I don't care what you need to do. You just need to get that sale, whatever it takes. I mean, let, let, let's look at that on another level. Like, will they get value from what you're selling? That's your first question. If they say no, you turn around and you sell your sale, so manager, I'm going to find a new job, pal. Yeah. Like, like genuinely, if you both know that they're not going to get value from that, like, or, or you can't do the service, there's a very fine line between, you know, I'm pushing myself to do this service and 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 that. But if you genuinely don't believe you can service them properly or you're not going to give them value, you, 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 it's, it's called a scumbag. That's what you're called. That's like, right. Like, that's, that's, yeah, that's that's literally it. And um, that, that's where it's you, you, you're being a salesperson now. You're not being assistant buyer. You know, yeah. if you're being an assistant, and I turn around, turn away people that say to me, can we do business? And I go, 
your business isn't ready for me to come in and run leads. Like, like if I come in right now, you're going to waste money. They're going to be good leads, but you're not going to get the value from them. You're not ready for what we do. Mm. Um, And they go, no, 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 here's the cash. And I go, it's never about the money. Like I have 60, 70 clients right now waiting to sign on with us. And, and, and I can only turn people away because we are running a profitable business. Yeah. Look, let's be real, mate. If, if I was, if I was living paycheck to paycheck, I'd be bringing on every single person I possibly could. Yeah. Because, you know, we're all selfish in a way and, and salespeople, uh, look, a lot of people that get into sales need to make cash. They need money yeah. fast and, and that's okay, but you've got to look at it. You've got to make sure you're at least working for an organization that does right by their customers. And it's a really interesting point that um, it's almost like so the psychology is I actually don't need you. So I'm not going to convince you of anything. I know I've got the offering to help you. But mm. I'm not going to push it on you, right? No. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the opportunity, but how badly do you want it, right? Correct. I just don't work with everybody, right? Yeah. Um, and this is I had this conversation today with a group that we were talking about, and they they're in the I guess the um, electrical wholesale space, and mm. they've got a whole bunch of sales reps that they're they're all targeted, so they've got to go and sell widgets into into wholesalers. And I say, guys, you understand your customer actually doesn't want your product. They're not interested in your product. And yet what mm. we tend to do is we go in leading with the product. Isn't this a beautiful, shiny product? How many would you like? And we've got a sales cycle or a sales process built around that. If you yeah. take a step back and say, oh, hang on a second, I believe in my product, but I don't just give it to anybody. How do I qualify them? And simple things. How's this? I said to them, how about you actually qualify your customer to receive a price book or a catalog, not just give it to them. Yeah, yeah. It's going to change the psychology and they're going to say, well, hang on, there's something of value because I'm putting value on that, but I'm not just going to give it to every single person. And I said yeah. the balance of power mm. now changes because it's now sitting with you, not necessarily with a customer. Yeah. I mean, it's the fastest thing I always say to people when I'm on a sales call. My job here is to opt you. Oh, I don't always say this. That's a lie. It can be rubbed off the wrong way. But I do have the intent that my job is to qualify you out, not qualify you in. Yeah. You know, I'm asking about how you manage your business, how you expect results, how you like I had one guy say to me, uh, I think it was last week, he went, um, and if you don't get the performance, um, what's your penalty? And I went, Man, it's a, it's a very valid question, but what what would you expect my penalty be? And he went, well, I think I should be getting money back for it because that's just a way. And I said, that's a very valid thing. You've you've where does that stem from? And he goes, Oh, I've been burnt. I've lost thousands yeah. and thousands of dollars. And I go, Yeah, okay. I, I understand that, mate. And I said, Look, we're not in the business of fucking people over. Um, yeah. I gave him our terms and and stuff. And I said, you know, we're a month to month. If if you're not getting results, mate, yeah, leave. Like, like take what we've done. But I yeah. said, I'm not in the business of of getting a scolding when we don't get results because I don't have many clients. I can't count on a hand how many clients we've we've had fuck off um, yeah. and and leave us. Um, so I said it's not really something that I've even been in the conversation of doing before. Um, and it was one of those that if you look at my intent when he asked me a really rude question, yeah. I went, mate, where does that stem from? Like, you know, why are you even asking that on the first place? That that's not even on the cards. Um, and that's it. Like if it's all about the intent that you have and, and be understanding that if they're going to ask you something like that, 
it's probably stemming from something that's going to make this sale move through faster. Yep. And, and if I turn around and went, that's a fucking rude question hung up, yeah, he's gone forever. <laughs> well, he is, but it also maybe points to a little bit of his frame of reference because he's he said, I've been burnt and I lost thousands and thousands of dollars, which probably comes back to what you were talking about before. Mm. Uh, you can go and do a a, uh, a two-hour course and be an expert in lead generation and go and start charging people money. And you you do this every every three months. I'm going to go, don't go and do something else now. It's the credibility. Yeah. So yeah. if there hasn't been credibility, it's just simply saying, hey, I haven't yet been given enough information to feel comfortable because this is a big investment for me, right? Mm. And if it's a big investment, I just want some certainty that I'm not going to be another person taken advantage of by charlatans that i've been taken advantage of in the past i look at that as a cry for help 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 convince me that you know what we're going to be okay yeah yeah you're dead right yeah yeah. and from your perspective you just turn around and say you know what hey if you don't like if you don't like what we're doing we'll just walk away it's all good yeah so i mean that's it like um when you run your business right um referrals and 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 having clients on a waiting list like it is something that's possible like you know we don't just bring on anyone and and it's very lovely to say that like it's what does that actually mean well it means there's clients that we have sitting around that we either don't have the capabilities to service because i love money like if i could service them i would wouldn't turn them away yes or we've got people that are you know in the process they're getting ready to be able to work with us so um in saying that, you've you've got to run your business on a level-headed. If I bring you on right now, I'm actually going to overload my team. I'm going to lose three staff. Uh, that's probably a negative effect, right? So yeah. I don't have the capabilities to service you. Let's put you in a nurture sequence to hold you. What what do we need to do to hold you around for a few days? Um, yeah. You know that that's an important important point to make as well. Is I don't just hold clients on a waiting list because I'm I'm a I'm a prick. Um, it, it's that right now probably isn't the right time to service that person. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. But it also sends a really interesting message to them to say, you know, I'm not desperate to bring you on, but I want to make sure that we're ready, mutually ready to work together because when you do come on, we're going to give you the best possible service we, we can because we're all about, yeah. you know, professionalism, ethics and delivering results. Yeah. Now, mate, I um I will tell you, um, I'd love to just quickly say to you, I've, I've got three minutes until I've got a, an onboard with a client. Um, yeah, we're about to wrap Good. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to say, if you wanted to go further, I could jump back on with you afterwards, um, do a part one, part two kind of thing. Um, I've just, yeah, I'm looking at the time down here and I'm going, oh, they're waiting to come on board. They're already in the no, That's okay. Mate. That's okay. So we've been going nearly an hour anyway. So I reckon there will be a part uh-huh. two, but let's yeah. uh, let's close it off now. So for people who want to know a little bit more about, um, about you, Jackson, but also Energy Media and maybe have a chat about maybe engaging your services or expressing an interest in that, Where's the best place for them to uh, to get hold of you? Mate, um, reach out to me on socials or our business pages. We're, we're very, very active on there. Otherwise, we do have some lead forms on our website um, that you can fill out and uh, book in a time to, to jump on a, a call with either myself or um, one of the sales reps. Yeah. Um, they're all very helpful. Um, you know, they're, they're not here to sell you. They're here to see if we can actually assist you and get you results. Um, you know, the, the, the website is ernjimedia.com. Um, and then if you go to any of my socials, Jackson Ernji, um, uh, we're, we're very active on there. Um, and we want to, we want to help businesses. Um, we do have a Facebook group, um, that we're, we're currently about to sort of build out that's sort of helping businesses with their lead gen, 
Um, and it sort of helps you with that process of understanding how to receive a lead and how to start that initiation of a of a of a call, um, depending on how the lead was generated. So Brilliant. not sales training, but uh, it's sort of sort of <laughs> awesome, awesome, mate. I, I know you got to jump onto a client. Thank you yeah. so much for jumping on the podcast. Really enjoyed speaking with you, and uh, we'll have to talk part two because there's a lot more stuff we can delve into. There is a lot more, mate. I really appreciate it. Thanks for your time, buddy. Good again. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.